Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time for... Here we go, here we go, here we go. Kickoff. Wait, With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's. Lowe's knows home improvement. Welcome in one and all week three in the National Football League. Mike Valenti here, Ring of Honor inductee, Mr. Boomer Esiason there, in, in a jersey no less. This is special. Mike, thank you for bringing up the Ring of Honor. Yeah, Monday night of I'll be course. going in along with Chad Ochocinco uh, Johnson and uh, one of the great wide receivers, actually the leading wide receiver in Cincinnati Bengal history. And quite frankly, I'm wearing a Bart Starr throwback jersey today because it's a feel-good football Friday when we do this show. And I wanted to make sure that you were in the right uh, frame of mind because I know you covering the Lions and you seeing this jersey is going to bring out the best in you today. Oh, absolutely. Please. I mean, listen, I need all the good vibes I can get with the state of New York football, but we'll, we'll talk about that momentarily. Scones, let's hit the rundown. The NFL Rundown. All right, Boomer, let, let's be brief about this. I want to give you some nuanced commentary regarding Giants, Niners, Thursday Night Football. You ready? Yeah. The Giants stink. I, I mean, look, the Niners are good, but what, what, can you can you help me? I mean, how can this be a yearly thing? The Giants' offensive line again is awful, with or without Andrew Thomas. What what are we doing here exactly? All right, so we knew that they were going to have a tough opening uh, three weeks, uh, and they had to win the game in Arizona, which they did for sure. And J- Daniel Jones showed up and played a great second half. You know, against the 49ers, here's the problem with the Giants. You could talk about offensive line. You could talk about the lack of scoring. You could talk about all of that stuff. At the end of the day, their defense is getting pushed around. Their defense can't get off the field. The defense hasn't uh, forced a turnover this year, and I think they have maybe one and a half or one sack. So in three games, those defensive statistics and any metric you want to go by is just awful, and you're not going to win in the NFL if if your defense is going to play that way. So let me give you something, and this is I'm glad you brought this up because. One thing I'm failing to understand is how you have the investment in Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence in the middle, and you're getting gashed. And the other angle, and you can tell me I'm crazy, uh, I'm worried about Kayvon Thibodeau. 
Because I, I, I'm sorry, most snaps you don't even know he's on the field. Where are we at with him? Yeah, all Giant fans uh, in New York feel the same way about Kayvon Thibodeau as you do. They also feel the same way about Evan Neal. Uh, neither one of these players are lived Oof. up to their lofty draft status and the hopes and dreams. Now, the one thing I will say about Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, he's dropping back in, in coverage every now and again, and at six foot five, two hundred and sixty-eight, two hundred and seventy pounds, you know, I don't want him dropping back in, in coverage. I want him rushing. And you know, people see what Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa and T.J. Watt are and Miles Garrett are. Uh, unfortunately, that's not who Kayvon Thibodeau is. He's not that way uh, mentality-wise, and he's certainly not the athlete that those other four pass rushers are. So uh, he's very close to you know, being a bust. I mean, there's no other way to, to put it. I, if you told me he was a seventh-round draft choice, I, I don't think we would even discuss him. But the fact that he was such a high draft choice and because there are so many great pass rushers that the Giants have seen the last two, uh, two weeks – uh, now all of a sudden it's like, you know, where is our guy? And they don't have yep. a pass rush whatsoever, Mike. So, you know, that to me is their biggest problem. Uh, let's go to Chicago because that was a wild week for the Bears. Now, look, originally when I put the sheet together and we're going to have our conversation every week, I go, all right, well, we need to talk about Justin Fields going to the podium and in my world playing the blame game. Oh, but wait, there's more. Defensive coordinator Alan Williams resigns. A lot around that. We'll leave that alone. But just the state of the Bears. I mean, Boomer, this is a new regime. This looks like it's about to be another rebuild of the rebuild. Yeah. I, um, first of all, I just want to give uh, Justin Fields a little bit of credit. You know, he said what he said about the coaching, and then he came back later on and clarified his statements and basically took a little bit of ownership of saying the wrong thing. So I, I do want to give him the credit for that. But he's just not processing at all. And you watch the games, and if you look at the tapes, you're going to see guys running wide open. And for some reason, he can't find them. So that tells me he's looking at the pass rush or things are, are, are in front of his face and he's not comfortable about letting the ball go. I mean, there's a million things that go on at the quarterback uh, position that are out of his control. But the things that are in his control is to be able to get from one receiver to the next receiver and read a defense. And quite frankly, whether it be he or Zach Wilson, who were drafted in the same draft, uh, you know, they have not figured it out. Now, Mac Jones was drafted in that draft, and I think Bill O'Brien has really helped him the first two weeks. But they have a problem on their hands up in Chicago. And I do know for a fact that Ryan Poles right now, the GM of the, the Bears, while dealing with the defensive coordinator situation and everything else, he's also scouting every single college quarterback that will be potentially uh, in the draft next year because I don't necessarily know that they have the total confidence in Justin Fields right now. So let's say there's a change of scenery. Can he be fixed or do you think he's a lost cause? Uh, I, I, you know, can he be a Geno Smith, meaning, you know, go around the league, catch catch on a couple places, then all of a sudden later on in uh, his career, figure it out if he's in the right spot. I think that's probably more likely to happen. Uh, he can throw the hell out of the ball and he's an, an, an incredible athlete. The one thing I did not like about what he did say uh, this week was that I just need to be more myself on the field. I need to play just football. And I'm like, you know, that's great. But, you know, when you're the quarterback, you got to understand everything. you got to be able to communicate to your players. you got to be able to read defenses. you got to be able to communicate, communi communicate to your coaches during the game. You can't just go out there and think that you're going to run around and make plays because that's who you are as an athlete. That's not how it works. Bengals 0-2 uh, through, what was it now, six and a half quarters of the season. Joe Cool, Joe Burrow, longest completion was 12 yards. Get, what, what Obviously, besides questioning his health, but what, what is the biggest problem with the Bengals who find themselves at 0-2 again? You know, I was a little bit disappointed in their defense uh, this time around this past week. 
Uh, their offense finally got going in the second half. You know, Baltimore came into this game with four offensive starters missing, including their starting center and left tackle, and they still allowed Lamar Jackson to go out there and beat them. Um, I, I would just say that I thought the second half was much better from a, a Bengal offensive perspective because at least T. Higgins got involved and they got into the no-huddle offense, and it looked like they finally got into some rhythm. And I'm hoping Monday night when I'm out there that Joe Burrow is going to be able to play in this game against the Rams. If he is, I think they'll have a big night because I feel like they finally turned the corner in the second half of that game against Baltimore. But I have to give Baltimore a lot of credit, specifically John Harbaugh, who basically gives the Bengals fits. And, you know, Lamar Jackson looks like the MVP of Lamar Jackson, but I still wish he would not run nearly as much as he does. So we all know Bengals turned the trick at 0-2 and made the playoffs last year. Of the nine 0-2 teams – and I know some of them, it's a, it's a ridiculous notion, but Chargers, Bengals, Broncos, Pats, Vikes, mm-hmm. who makes it? If you got to pick one, who who re- recovers a little bit here from the 0-2 start? I'm going to stick with the Bengals. I still think okay. that they have a good team, and I'm not trying to be a homer here for any reason other than they have a top-flight quarterback. I know he's dealing with this calf injury now. If he doesn't play – on uh, you know, on, on Monday night, they're they're going to have uh, they're in trouble. They're, they're gonna they're gonna have their hands full. Uh, the one thing I will say is Matthew Stafford's played well the first two weeks, and uh, I they just still don't have Cooper Rush back on the field on the field. But I just think that uh, I mean Cooper Cup, excuse me. I just think that the Bengals are ready to take off offensively, and and that should help their defense as well. I'm going to tell you something. McVay looks like he's having a ton of fun, and I I know nobody expected a lot from the Rams, but Stafford looks good. Puka Nakua has been a revelation. You know, we we had a 2-2 Atwell sighting last week. (laughs) I'd tell you, he's getting the most out of what he's got. And And he also traded Cam Akers this week. Uh, Probably a disgruntled player. Get him out of the locker room now and things get cleaned up a little bit. Uh, I would say, yeah, he's having a lot of fun. By the way, they are one of the youngest teams in the NFL. They're one of the faster teams in the NFL. And you just never know when youth is going to implode. I'll be interesting to see them up close and personal come Monday night. All right, so I got a fun one for you here. It's quarterback A, quarterback B. I'm going to give you stat lines. You got to tell me who they are, and it's going to uplift you on a good vibes Friday. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good All right, vibes here we Friday. Go. I like it. Quarterback one has 490 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, a 104.4 rating. Quarterback two, 389, two touchdowns, three turnovers, and a 69 rating. All right, so what do you want me to guess? Which, which so here's a, here's 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 I'm gonna tell you who quarterback one is. You gotta tell me who quarterback B quarterback two is. Ready? Okay, yeah. Quarterback one is Baker Mayfield. Quarterback two is the guy who replaced Baker. Ah, uh, Deshaun Watson. There you go. Yeah. I need to, I need you to help me understand this. Now the off field stuff. Okay, and if that's the reason, fine. But the last time we had seen Deshaun Watson, Boomer, he was graceful. He was able to maneuver not only inside the pocket but get to the edges through a beautiful deep ball process. Boomer, the guy I'm watching now, lumbering around, void of athleticism. He looks spaced out of his mind. I think he completed more balls to the equipment managers on the <laughs> sidelines than receivers. Boomer, what what am I watching? You're with watching that you're watching inaccuracy and you're also watching a quarterback that's looking at the pass rush. I don't know if he caught him towards the end of the game against uh, Pittsburgh when the game's on the line. You know, he's dropping back, and he's got his helmet down. I can always tell when a guy is looking at the pass rush. You just look at their face mask. You remember watching Drew Brees all those years 
in, yeah. in New Orleans, and you'd see the face mask, and it looked like he's looking under the face mask. And yeah. that, that tells you that he's not paying attention to the pass rush. He's trying to decipher what's going on down the field. Uh, in this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I saw Deshaun, actually, his face mask was down, which tells me he's looking at the pass rush, and he's worried about where he's going to run with it, and he doesn't have that athleticism that he once had, what, about three or four years ago when he was impossible yeah. to play against when he was in Houston. So, you know, this is the Browns. They gave him $230 million guaranteed. They basically bribed him to go to uh, to Cleveland because he didn't want to go there in the first place. He wanted to go either to New Orleans or Atlanta. And they gave him the contract. And this is what you get when a guy is out of football for basically a year and a half. And that's what it looks like. All right, let's go to Denver. Second week in a row, Russell Wilson turned into a pumpkin in the second half. Obviously, the defense has problems too. Boomer, is Sean Payton going to get this right, or is this just going to be upgraded Hackett this year? Absolutely brutal game this week coming against the Miami Dolphins, the fastest team in the NFL. Good luck with that one this week. Um, (laughs) uh, The other thing that came out of this whole game this past week is the amount of timeouts they had to use, uh, Mm -hmm. the the problems getting in and out of the huddle with the – substitutions and calling the plays and supposedly Sean Payton was going to cut the verbiage down, you know, when it comes to play calling and Russell was struggling with all of that. And that's what happens when an older quarterback gets into a new system and he's got to learn the system. You know, Drew Brees was in that system for about 15 years, I felt like. And now all of a sudden Russell's in it for two weeks. The thing I will say, the first half last week and the week before, he was really good. He made plays. And then all of a sudden the team dies, and I don't know I don't know why that is, and I don't know why uh, their defense can't seem to get any turnovers either. The other thing too is that Montez Sweat had one of the more monster games that I think I've ever seen a defensive lineman had. He had I think one and a half sacks, but he had 14 pressures in one game. It's amazing. So, so that offensive line is struggling now. The offensive line could be struggling for one or two reasons. One, it could be because maybe they're not very good. That's fine. I can I could accept that as a, uh, you know, a, 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 I guess an excuse or at least an explanation. Number two would be that their quarterback isn't where they think he's going to be because he's running out of the pocket way too fast. And Russell likes to play that loose game. He likes to play the extended play type of game. Uh, and sometimes that can drive a coach crazy. And after having Drew Brees for all those years who would sit in that pocket and now have to transition to this quarterback that's running all over the place, I would think that Sean Payton's patience with his quarterback is wearing pretty thin. I got to tell you something, though, in the Miami side, Boomer, they look to have the counterpunch they didn't have last year. And what I mean is McDaniels, as smart as they get, a brilliant off- a brilliant offensive mind. But, like, they're willing to run it, and they can run it. And I'll tell you what, even though Teron Armstead's been banged up, the O-line looks great, their offensive scheme, the concepts, the weapons, Boomer, maybe I'm just in the moment. I feel like Miami might be the team right in front of our face that could be the threat to the Chiefs in the AFC. Well, we're going into week three, and it's easy to overreact to everything, but I don't want to overreact to the Dolphins. Uh, I want to be right there with you, which would not be an overreaction because what we're seeing – it's we're seeing a fast team. We're seeing the fastest team, you know, I believe, in the NFL. And nobody can cover these guys down the field. And the other thing that we're seeing is we're seeing Tua from last year prior to his injury, and then after when he came back, he was just as good. We're seeing a guy that is anticipating throws. He's incredibly accurate, and his ball's incredibly uh, catchable. So if Zach Wilson and Justin Fields could watch some Tua film – and watch how he is anticipating these throws and where he's throwing it and how he's throwing it, and he's not panicking in the pocket, 
Uh, that's the way the position's supposed to be played. And you're right about Mike McDaniels. I, what I loved about this game between them and the the Patriots was the fact of how these plays were drawn up, how they were called. The play design was fantastic, and the play calls were even better. And both Bill O'Brien and Mike McDaniels are doing a hell of a job in the passing game for these teams. The difference between them, obviously, was the speed of the Dolphins versus the speed of the Patriots. Yeah, and when you can counterpunch Belichick, look, they wanted to put the three safeties up high, not get beat over the top. A lot of coaches get impatient. They didn't. We're going to hit you eight yards at a time, 12 yards at a time, six yards at a time. And they were willing to stick with it the whole game. And he just out, they outflanked the Patriots. Patriots were always in a trail position. It is, it's really fun to watch. It is fun to watch. I always like to uh, compare players just to give fans out there an understanding of how I would see something. So with the accuracy and with the ease that he is throwing the ball and the catchability of the football, there's a player that played when I played that had all of those attributes, and that was Joe Montana. Joe Montana was accurate, he threw a catchable ball, and he was able to anticipate because his arm wasn't the strongest. You know, it wasn't Dan Marino's arm, or it wasn't John Elway's arm. And, you know, Tua doesn't have Justin Herbert's arm or Patrick Mahomes' arm, but what he does have is he has an understanding of his offense, he knows where to throw it, he throws a very catchable ball, and he's extremely accurate. So that's the comparison of the way that Tua has played the last two years. All right. Hold that thought. Picks coming up next. Got to take a moment to tell you about Casamigos tequilas, the Reposado, the Añejo, the Blanco, and the Cristalino, or the Mezcal. It's Casamigos tequila brought to you by those who drink it. And Casamigos tequila reminds you to please celebrate responsibly. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right, we are back. We're going to get to the picks. Mistakes have been made. It's been tough early in the year, and the same thing happened last year, Boomer, so don't lose your confidence. You need data points. You need to just hold the fort. We got a slate this week, and here's what scares me. I like a lot of favorites. Buckle up. I know. That's not me. (laughs) Um, But let's get to the picks. Picks of the week. All right, I'm going to start with this, and I'm just going to tell you, can I fire Brandon Staley yet? All right, Chargers (laughs) Chargers are getting one and a half. They're on the road at Minnesota. Both teams are 0-2. 
Who do you got, Booms? I'm going to take the Chargers, road dogs, I mean, uh, road favorites here. And the reason I'm taking them is because of what you just said. I think Brandon Staley realizes that, you know, this ownership group out there, I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled the plug halfway through the season if they, this team doesn't live up to the money that they're spending, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The fact that they have averaged 29 points in their yeah. last four games and are 0-4 in those last four games is mind-boggling to me. But the one thing I do know is this is going to be the highest-scoring game of the week, and one of these teams is going to win this game, and I believe it's going to be the Chargers by a field goal late. I'll go Vikings just because I can't let Brandon Staley hurt me anymore. Um, I, I just can't. I think it does come down to whoever has the ball last. There's no value in the point spread. I'll go Minnesota. This game's tricky here. Bills lay in six and a half. They travel to the Commanders, who are a shocking 2-0. and Who do you got? Yeah, I don't know if they're that shocking. I will say that their defensive line is so active and so athletic, and we're finally seeing that Chase Young was able to play last week. I'll take the commanders. I don't think they're going to win the game, but I think they'll keep it close just because of that defensive front four and because of Josh Allen's propensity to run around and extend plays and make plays. As long as he doesn't turn the ball over, they should win the game. If he does turn the ball over, it could be a redo of the Jet yeah. opening loss uh, in uh, at the Meadowlands. You know what's interesting? I think Allen's played 50 – I think he's got 54 or 57 career wins, Boomer. And I think something like 40 of them is by more than seven points. When they win, they smash. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably going to be stupid here. I'll take the Bills, lay to six and a half. Let's go Packers, laying two to the Saints. Well, I would say that Jordan Love – is uh, playing his way into the hearts of Green Bay Packer fans. I really do. I think that they're being careful with him. They're not asking him to do a lot. But the good thing about him, he's not turning the ball over. That's why they win a game, and the other game that they lose to Atlanta last week is close. Um, I do like their defense. It's young. It's aggressive. Um, I think this team is all in on Jordan Love. And I know that the Saints are all in on Derek Carr, but I have not been uh, overly impressed with his performance the first two weeks. I'm going with the Packers. Home opener, by the way. Yeah, I, Boomer, this is the toughest game on the board. I could use the opt-out clause, but in the spirit of this, I'll make a pick. I think the Saints' defense is just a, a level or 12 better than what the pack has seen so far. I worry about Jordan Love in this spot. I'll take the Saints, but it's my most tepid selection of the <laughs> week. Atlanta getting three and a half, traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. Okay, what a disappointing loss for the Lions last week, giving up horrific. all those points to uh, Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think this is a bounce-back spot for them 100%. They're going against a second-year player in Desmond Ritter, who the Atlanta Falcons love, by the way, and the teammates love him. He's a tough guy. He's uh, he's not afraid to run with the ball. Uh, again, he's only had 50 pass attempts and I think Arthur Smith is really handling him the right way. They are loaded. B. John Robinson is the second coming of Barry Sanders. I like the. I'm going to take the Lions here at home. Uh, it's a lot of points. I think it's going to be a tight game, but I I got to believe they can win by four here, like a 27-23 type of game. So I'll take the Lions. Yeah, I, everything in me wanted to take Atlanta all week, but the, the line keeps coming down from five. You know, if this is four and a half, I take Atlanta. I'm with you completely. Lions are all kinds of banged up, missing several people on defense. But this is a game, if the Lions, if you're any good, you can't let Desmond Ritter come to your place in only his third road start of his career and beat you. Uh, I'll take the Lions. Don't feel great. Titans getting three and a half, traveling to Cleveland. All right, well, last week was the redemption game for one Ryan Tannehill. He played well, did not turn the ball over. That's the key. The thing about this particular game is that the Browns' defense is one of the better defenses in football 
they do force turnovers. And even without Nick Chubb, they did sign Kareem Hunt. I do like the, the Browns' offensive line. I like their running game. But I am not I am not buying Deshaun Watson at all. I'm not feeling comfortable about that. So I'm going to go with Mike Vrabel on the road, oh, tough no. defense, and I'm going with Ryan Tannehill. Yes. All right. I don't uh, – believe me, I don't like Deshaun Watson right now either. That Browns defense with Jim Schwartz, that's going to go down as your call of the year. What Jim Schwartz meant, that hire, the way they play. You know the Browns defense from an analytics standpoint, not to be a nerd, is actually better than the Cowboys? Browns Nation, let's ride. I'm taking the Browns. I'm sick, <laughs> okay. but I'm taking the Browns, and it's because of that defense. Texans getting nine and a half, Oof. traveling to Jacksonville. Boomer, you Pass. know what to Pass. do. I'm passing oh, on this one. Oh, no. All right, Texans for me. All right. Yeah, listen, C.J. Stroud has not been terrible. The Jags, I think they have some issues, and you know I love them. But they're not, they're not qualified to be laying damn near 10 in a divisional game. I'm going to take the Texans here. The problem with C.J. Stroud is he turns the ball over. That's the problem. You know, well, he's a rookie. quarterbacks. I mean, we know this. I know that. So, and by the way, uh, your boy Trevor Lawrence hasn't played well against the Texans. No, he's got he a hasn't. losing record against them. Uh, I, listen, do you know as a favorite, Trevor Lawrence is 0-4. Just throwing that out, there. right? I'm just not, I'm just staying away from this game. I don't, you know, just... I know, and you know what? You're 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 smart. I'm not. All right, let's go. Um, and, and scones at the end of this, I give you the two games that I'll take off the board for me. But I'm picking them all just for bleeps and giggles. Patriots laying two and a half, traveling to the Jets. Woof, woof is right. Woof. And you know, we're talking about weather. We're talking about wind. We're talking about all sorts of possibilities uh, and variables. Come Sunday, I you know. I'm sticking with the Jets. I picked the Jets um, at uh, at WFAN on Friday, of course. And the reason I did is because that defense was embarrassed last week at the hands of the Cowboys. They will come out and they will play so much better this week. And it will be reminiscent of the game against the Bills in week one. So I think it's a defense run-oriented uh, type of game for Zach Wilson and the Jets. And I'm going to take the Jets and I'll uh, – and, uh, and look, quite frankly, I, I – I'm a little bit shaky on this one, but I'm going to stick with them one more time against a team that I think, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, that the the pat the Pats are going to go to zero and three. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna veto this one. I'm not going to be involved. But I'll, if I had to pick it, I cannot. If Bill Belichick loses to Zach Wilson and falls to zero and three, I think we got to have a different conversation. I'll just we'll we'll move on. Broncos catching six and a half. Traveling to Miami. What do you got? I think blowout spot here for the Miami Dolphins. Homeowner, a home opener. Uh, they won two games within the conference already against the Chargers and against the Patriots. They are the fastest team in the NFL. Uh, I do not like Russell Wilson on the road here at all. Um, I don't care how much they're going to pare down the plays and figure out a wristband for a quarterback, which is embarrassing. Uh, I will say that uh, I love the way that Tua and his guys are playing, so I'm going with the Dolphins. Yeah, I'll go with you. I, I, I hate laying the points, but I, I don't see it with Denver. I just don't. And that defense, yikes. Ravens laying seven and a half, hosting the Colts. So uh, this is going to be a Gardner Minshew game, most likely. And um, I think They're the Ravens. with them. Uh, I know they are. They, they really are. And, you know, the Ravens, uh, I think Lamar finally had his little breakout game last week against the Bengals. He played exceptionally well, especially in the second half when they needed first downs. He would run and go get them. Um, they still have a lot of injuries that they're dealing with. And I know the Colts are tough. I, I'm going to take the Colts here in the points, but I think the Ravens win the game. Total agreement. 
I just, it's too many points. Ravens are banged up. A little bit of a sleepy spot here. And the veteran in Minshew upgrades the Colts. That's not a shot at Anthony Richardson. It's just reality. Seahawks lay in six to the Panthers. The Red Rifle back in the saddle for Frank Reich. You know, I think, it's, I think it's going to be like Gardner Minshew for Indianapolis. They, they may be a little bit better with the Red Rifle because they'll be able to do a few more things offensively. And, you know, Bryce Young has actually played okay. I thought he looked pretty relaxed against uh, the Saints. I don't know where he got hurt. I didn't even realize he got hurt. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, this is one of those games where the Seahawks. You don't want to touch it. I don't want to touch it, but I'm going to take the Panthers at home. I'll take the points. If I had to pick it, it'd be the Seahawks. But, Scones, you can veto this one, too. I, I don't want no part of this thing. Cowboys laying 12 and a half to the Cardinals. Should we just say Cowboys and move on? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I and again, I understand Trayvon Diggs is a loss, but I feel like the wagon wheels are about to fall off Arizona. Chiefs laying 12 and a half against a Bears team in absolute turmoil. What do we got? Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs. Uh, I, the Chiefs have not played well offensively just yet, and now comes the Bears defense that hasn't played well either. But, you know, the problem with the Bears has been the turnovers and the lack of production on the offensive side due in large part uh, to Justin Fields and the issues that he is having. I, I Maybe he'll run a little bit more this week. Maybe Luke Getze will call a, a few more RPOs for him. But uh, I still think the Chiefs are going to, you know, blow them out here. So I, I could see like a 35 to 13 type of game. You realize you and I got no shot of getting out of this alive, laying 12 and a half with the Cowboys and 12 and a half with the Chiefs. Yeah, one you of these, you one, realize. I do that. One, one of these, these, one of these teams are going to lose it. I know. I understand. I'm going to give you my favorite pick of the week here. Okay. Steelers getting two and a half at the Raiders. I don't like the Raiders. I love the Raiders here. Steelers can't stop the run. They got gifted that game against Cleveland. This is a great bounce-back spot for Vegas, Jimmy G, the whole bit. I love the Raiders here. Who's under more pressure in this game? Is it Josh McDaniels and Jimmy G, or is it Mike Tomlin and Kenny Pickett? I just think Tomlin's built up so much equity. It would have to be McDaniels. It's got to be McDaniels. So this is one of those, like, we better win this game spots. Yeah. Or our our season's going to basically start spiraling out of control. Um, I'm going to take the Raiders here, and the reason I'm taking the Raiders here is because the more I read about Kenny Pickett, the more I read about Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator, the more I worry about what their offense is all about. It should be a low-scoring game, by the way. Yeah, and I listen, I know, and I know you like Pickett. Uh, watching the game, I, I don't even know how to evaluate him. He doesn't have any time. That offensive line got ravaged. And believe me, I can't, I can't compare Cleveland to what the Vegas has, but Max Crosby – Against these tackles, oh boy! And also remember, oh you're you're playing a team in the Raiders that got completely blown out last week, and right. I and I do believe that Devontae Adams is going to play in this game. I don't see why he wouldn't. I know he left last week, uh, concussion protocol and all that, but it looks like he's going to play. Now, is this a Boomer protocol game here? This is the number retirement, Ring of Honor fiesta, but we also. Burroughs health. Remember we started doing protocols later in the year last year? Yes. If he plays, I take this. If he doesn't, I take that. Yes. Bengals laying two and a half, hosting the Rams. How do you want to approach this? This is a boomer protocol game. And by the way, my number's not being retired. I'm just going into the ring of honor. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the way it works. So, which is nice. But, you know, only 39 years after I was drafted by the Bengals. Believe that or not. You know, mistakes were made. Well, I mean, they just, they haven't had a ring of honor since Which is also silly, ago. but see, now you're getting me to say mean things. Yeah, don't what do you want to do here? 
What do you want to do? I, this is a protocol game. I'm taking the Bengals if Burrow's playing. If he's not playing, then I'm taking the Rams. Are we allowed to do that? I mean, we don't know, and we won't know. Scones, how do you want to? How do you want to rule did, on this? We Scones? did this last year. I think it was on. I think it was because Mike White and Zach Wilson. If he start, if Zach Wilson was starting, you were going to take. You weren't going to take the Jets. If Mike White was starting, you were going to take the Jets. So we could do this. It's yeah. a contingent. It's a contingency plan. We'll the see what happens. We'll see what happens on game day. Yeah. So for the people who are listening to us, they know what we are thinking. Because we can't go back because we don't have an opportunity to do that. So I'm telling you right now, Joe Burrow Burrow plays, booms in the house. They're going to rip it. They're going to rip it, and they're going to let it go, and they're going to score a lot of points. Uh, And if if they don't. If they don't, then I think it's it's Matthew Stafford's going to have a field day. Poor boomers eating sad airport pizza. Okay, so I will follow the contingency plan you have. If Joe Cool plays, I'm in. If he doesn't, I'm out. So now, what are the two games you're taking off your board? And I give you the two I'm taking off of mine. What are the two you want to skip? All right, so I'm taking the Texans and the Jags off the board. He knows that. And then I'm probably going to take – I'm going to take the Titans and the Browns off the board. All right, I'm going to take Pat's Jets scones. I I, I just can't do it. And I want no part of that Seattle Panthers game. He might be right with with the red rifle. I'm out of that too. All right, those are the picks. We're going to get best of the best of the mix. Boomer's got a pressure index. So much to do, including Boomer telling you about Casamigos Tequila right here. What goes great with football? Casamigos Tequila, my go-to tequila, by the way. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. So make sure you have plenty on hand for the week three games, whether it be Añejo Blanco, Reposado, Cristalino, or Mexcal. Casamigos Tequila reminds our friends to celebrate responsibly. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right, we are back. Last segment of the week. Got a lot to do. We'll do best of the best. We got a final word. Boomer's got a pressure index. Before we do anything else, you know, Boomer, you hit on Atlanta a little bit earlier, and I wanted to just do two true or falses here before we get in the mix. True or false, Desmond Ritter is good enough to get Atlanta to the playoffs? I believe true, and I believe that is uh, his locker room really likes the kid, and I like the way that Arthur Smith is handling him. He's only had 50 attempts in the first two games, 
And man, this Bijan Robinson takes a lot of pressure off of everybody. So they they have some great skill players around him. They're a very young and fast team, and their schedule leads me to believe that they can make it to the playoffs. True or false? This is this is a tough one. But true or false? Deshaun Watson is the worst contract in NFL history. At the moment, it is. It is without question. <laughs> oh, and remember, they actually bribed him to come to Cleveland. As I said earlier. When he was leaving Houston and they were talking about trading and they asked him where he wanted to go, because you remember he had a no-trade clause. Sure, he wanted Miami or Carolina, wasn't it? No, 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 no. He wanted New Orleans or Atlanta. And, oh, okay. And then out of the blue, uh, Cleveland calls up. They make a deal with Houston. And they say, look, here are all the assets we're willing to give you. So Houston as a team said, fine, but you're going to have to talk to Deshaun because Deshaun has a no-trade clause and we have to you know, obviously honor that. And when Houston said, I mean, when Cleveland said, we're going to rip up your contract and give you a five-year, $230 million all-guaranteed contract, which is still the most guaranteed money in the history of the league, um, that's that's basically when he said, okay, I'll go to Cleveland. And it's a typical Cleveland situation right now, and it doesn't look good. It doesn't look like it's going to I get never, much better either. No, and I, look, I fully admit it. I, I There's no shame. I, I never imagined he would come back and look like this. I mean, I, I don't know what I'm watching. It's it's truly stunning to me. Um, all right, let's get to the best of the best, which is a hell of a good Monday night game. This week's best of the best. It is the Philadelphia Eagles laying four and a half as they travel to Tampa to take on, I, I think it's a surprising 2-0 Buccaneers team. And I know a guy you like and a guy I like, Baker Mayfield. Boomer, take me through. Where are we at with this game? Well, think about this. you got three NFC South teams that are sitting at 2-0, and and all are sitting at 2-0 and because of their schedules. And, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why the Bucs are 2-0. and um, I think that the resurgence of Baker Mayfield is a lot of fun. I love it. I love what's going on with him. I love the fact that he was able to go to L.A. last year and show up and win a football game in a comeback fashion for the Rams. Um, and I think – in general, NFL fans like Baker. I think that they believe that he's like one of them. He's like a Brett Favre-esque type player, a little bit of a wild child, and um, and he's great. He's a great personality, and he's terrific for the NFL. So I'm I'm really happy for him, and he's found uh you know I I think a a security blanket, and his name's Mike Evans. He loves throwing it to Mike Evans. And by the way, this Buccaneer defense is still very good. Still a lot of good players on it, and maybe you know Todd Bowles without the um, with the shiny toy that was Tom Brady, you know, now can coach this team and, and leave it all to, to Baker. So Todd Bowles told one of the guys on the NFL Today research staff, and this is one of the funniest things I've heard about Baker Mayfield. He said, uh, if I asked Baker Mayfield to stick his face in a fan, he would do that for me. <laughs> <laughs> so Baker's living his best life right now down in Tampa. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting, and, and again, it's not a, a shot. I think Philadelphia clearly is still either 1 or 1A in the NFC. You can almost feel the loss of both coordinators. Uh, and, and it's going to take a little bit. They just don't feel like they're operating for all systems go. I mean, offensively, I don't know, the passing game's a little bit wonky right now. Defensively, they're starting a lot of young players, and and some of them are very good, by the way. I think this is a super interesting spot for Tampa. And when you look at it, Boomer, you got a lot of injuries with Philly in the secondary. Um, that's exactly what the Bucks want to attack with Godwin and with Evans. And I, 
Am I nuts to take the Bucks here with the four and a half? No, I could see the I could see the Eagles winning the game, but I could see them, you know, winning by a field goal, a late field goal. I could also see a backdoor cover by the Bucks, to be honest with you, if they're behind yeah. and then maybe getting a late touchdown and an onside kick and losing it that way. But um, you know, my thing about the Eagles is that they haven't played their best and they're still two and zero. No. And I don't think Jalen Hurts is, you know, all that comfortable right now. And if you remember back when we started the show in week one, I told you the loss of those coordinators, one became the head coach of the Cardinals, the other one became the head coach of the Indianapolis uh, Colts, that it was going to be a transition year for that coaching staff and for those players, especially the new younger players that they have on defense. So I think we're seeing a little bit of that. And by the way, Shane Steichen has done a really good job with Anthony Richardson the first two uh, weeks. And now he's got Gardner Minshew, and he can call different plays, and he's not going to call as many running plays, of course. But I think Shane Steichen is the missing piece uh, for Jalen Hurts, and hopefully Nick Sirianni can get more out of Jalen here the next few weeks, and I think this would be a good spot to get that going, especially on Monday night. And you're like, how long does it take in your mind? I mean, is it, you know, generally speaking, does it take six, eight weeks, new coordinators? Enough reps, enough snaps, enough live fire for this thing to maybe recalibrate fully. The only thing that... I would the only thing I would say that would mitigate a little bit of that transition period is that the head coach is an offensive coach. Nick Sirianni, right. it's his offense. He knows what's going on. So he should be able to call the plays and help out um Jalen Hurts a little bit more and get him back to where he was last year. The other thing too, remember, AJ Brown was not happy last week. And usually when a guy is not happy Early on in this game, they're going to try to get the ball to A.J. Brown and get him into the game. So they still have one of probably the top five wide receiver duos in the NFL along with their tight end. So I would think that we're going to see a lot more RPOs and we're going to see a lot more movement uh, from Jalen Hurts to have him do things that he's comfortable with. And, you know, and I think they're going to get A.J. Brown uh, involved early and often in this game because usually it's the squeaky wheel theory in the NFL. When somebody's not happy, you get them involved, and then they calm down. All right, I'm going to take the Bucks, getting the four and a half. You're on the same side here? I am, yep. Okay. Let's get to Boomer's final word. We got a pressure index because week three, yeah, there are a lot of people who've got some pressure on their plate. Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti, presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's knows home improvement. The final word. All righty, Mike, tell me if you agree with me. I got four pressure points right now going into week three of the NFL already. The Chargers and Brandon Staley and their defense on the road at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, one of these teams is going to be 0-3. I wonder if the Vikings end up losing this game. Are they considering trading uh, Kirk Cousins, if in fact that is in their offing? And number two, if the Chargers go 0-3 here, what happens to Brandon Staley and how hot is his seat? All right, I think it's an 11 out of 10. Now, you know when we were finishing the show last year, I told you, he should have been fired. Uh, playing Mike Williams in a meaningless football game, getting him hurt, compromising yourself in a playoff game, to me that was malfeasance. Then they blow the lead against Jacksonville, and I don't know if he, not the team, I don't know if he's ever gotten over it. Boomer, to me, they lose this game, he'd be gone. Because Herbert's playing perfect football, and his defense, his side of the ball, is ruining everything. The Cousins thing is fascinating. What would the landing spot be? The Jets. 
Ooh, man, would that be good? Yeah, Big I don't know. You know. I mean, that's just that's one theory out there. There's a million like theories of what the Jets are going to do with their quarterback position if things go haywire or if Zach gets hurt. So, I mean, that this is a pressure point really for the Chargers, but it's also yeah, interesting but Staley's for Kevin O'Connell for the 10. Vikings. Right, exactly. All right, my for next, me, at least. My next pressure point is going to be Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. They're at home. They're 1-1. One one. Zach is now taking over. This is going to be his third start of the year, and they're going against the Patriots a team which he has not beaten, a team which he looked really ugly against last year. And this was the the the, the team that he basically got put in timeout and sat on the rest of the bench for the rest of the year, even with a guy who had five broken ribs, for God's sake. So the pressure is ramped up on Zach Wilson. I mean, the guys on Amazon on Thursday night tore him a new one. Everyone in New York is on this kid. Um, and if he goes out there and turns the ball over a couple times and they end up losing a low-scoring game because of that, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like Monday morning here in New York. But, Boomer, let me ask you a question, though, because when you talk about pressure, is it pressure like when 75, 80, 90 percent of people have given up on you? You know what I mean? Like, what is the vibe in New York? Who the hell is calling you and Gio in the morning and going, let me tell you something, guys. This is a real prove-it game for Zach. I mean, people people were buying Mike White T-shirts last year. So True. I, what's left? Who the hell expects anything? Well, nobody really expects anything, but, you know, they still have a top defense, even though that defense got ran through by uh, the Cowboys yeah. last week. And they got to win the game like they won the game against Buffalo. They have to get turnovers, and they have to win special teams, of course, and Zach can't turn the ball over. So that's a huge pressure spot. My next one is going to be Justin Fields and the Bears. You and I were talking about Justin Fields and yeah. what's going on there. Uh, it's not a, a place for success right now. It looks like things are coming apart for a lot of different reasons, whether it be their defensive coordinator getting raided and resigning by the FBI or Justin Fields questioning whether or not he's being coached properly. I agree totally. I, listen, what's stunning to me is not that all of a sudden Justin Fields is not surgical in the pocket. That's not surprising. I think we expected improvement. What is shocking is a stat line of three carries for four yards. Remember, the last eight, nine games of the season last year, he was carrying this team. And I mean literally. The playmaking's gone. You know, Boomer, you've highlighted it. I've talked about it. Guys, if you look at any video, and a lot of these video studies are done and packaged really nice for fans, Justin Fields is dropping back, and there are – 15-yard, you know, dig routes, middle of the field, seam routes, middle of the field. Guys are wide open in his field of vision. He's not cutting it loose. He's not seeing it. He's not processing it. Um, yeah, it's it's a 10 out of 10. I mean, Boomer, I would love to tell you he could get a change of scenery and be okay, but the bottom has fallen out of this. Now, now you got DJ Moore complaining. I don't know if you saw that. It's like, yeah, I 10 out of 10. It definitely a 10 out of 10, and he's going on the road to Kansas City, who did get Chris Jones back, and they looked a lot better against the Jacksonville Jaguars with him in the lineup, And obviously. And finally, uh, my final pressure point for this coming Sunday is going to be Kenny Pickett, Matt Canada, the offense coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers, on the road at the Raiders. Now, Kenny Pickett had a great preseason. I thought he was ready to take the next step and the next level. Now he's played against two tough defenses, both the Browns and, of course, the 49ers, two top, along with the Cowboys, three top defenses in football. And I, I can understand his struggle. Now, this defense is not that great for the, Ra uh, for the Raiders. They got ripped apart uh, by the Bills last week. I mean, if they can't get it done this week and put up some significant points and get their mojo back, as Mike Tomlin yeah. has said this week, 
Um, there's good, somebody is, Somebody's going to lose a job. It's not going to be Kenny Pickett. It's most likely going to be Matt Canada, the offense coordinator. Um, so I would say this is a another really integral week for a offense that just hasn't looked very good the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, and this is something, and I think Boomer, you'd speak to it too. Look, I, it's it's fun to blame quarterbacks at every turn. They're the face of the franchise. They make the money. But the reality is you have to insulate your guys. Very few players are ever going to rise above a horrible situation. Kenny Pickett's in a tough spot because, A, that offensive line has been bad and is bad now. B, it's this is a me thing, not a boomer thing. I would never draft a running back in the first round. The Najee Harris pick is a total waste because, A, the line stinks, and, B, you're not going to re-sign the guy even if he was good. And when you look at it, now you got a coordinator issue where clearly they're not playing to his strengths. So, yes, I, I think Kenny Pickett's under a lot of heat. Canada, I think if, if, if they look terrible, he's out. And with that, we're going to be out. Boomer, enjoy your evening. Uh, rooting for you. Hopefully they win while you're there. We will talk to everybody next week. Boomer's going to have a smile on his face, and he's going to wear the blazer. It's going to be exciting. That's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. We will talk to you for week four. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.